34 in Lynchburg, and we're looking at 35 in Roanoke. And in the Danville area, well, it is about 34 as well. And uh, so normally Janet does this part, but Janet's not here today. She's not feeling well, and I want to thank everyone uh, according to uh, this last hour, Bill Trefira and Marco Galbraith uh, being being willing to, to stand in the gap and uh, help me get that first hour behind us and get you some hopefully good information as we move through this particular Thursday, the 4th of January, uh, my co-host not feeling well. She texted me around 345. And trust me, people, if she's not here, she is sick as a dog, like she stated in her in her text to me early. So I began to scramble a little bit. You don't want to text anybody, you know, at 345. So I waited till 4 o'clock to start texting some friends that have uh, filled in the gap before. One of the folks that I've asked to fill in, and we've heard him on the radio show, he is the uh, <clears throat> he is the author of uh, Orange Socks, uh, a book he wrote about his, uh, his fun times in uh, Southeast Asia, where the gospel came to my family via uh, Vietnam. That's my brother Jim. Uh, Lamb, he's on the line with us. Uh, good morning, Jim. Good morning. Let me just tell you first of all the my recipe for microwave Twinkies. I know you. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the short version. Okay. Never put the Twinkie in too long. Okay. And I'll tell you why. If it's way too long, you end up with a puddle of hot goo. If it's a little bit too long, you burn your lips off. <laughs> so my my theory is that you put it in long enough. To heat up your lips, but not enough to cause a blister. So that's my that's okay. my recipe for today. <laughs> well, thank you. That could be the five and dine since I don't have one today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I got to tell you, you know, I had uh, right before my heart surgery, which I'll, I'll be celebrating my my twelfth year at the end of this month, going in for heart surgery. And jokingly, I'd met with Chuck, my mentor, as Janet calls him, my sensei. And I had a thing of Twinkies, and I said, "You know what? This year we're gonna we're gonna take these puppies and we're gonna deep fry them." That never happened, and probably never will happen. Uh, I I did try a deep fried Oreo once; it was disappointing. So a deep fried, you know, Twinkie doesn't sound much better. But a microwave Twinkie, well, it sounds yeah. like you could pour it and drink it. <laughs> and you're, it, it it varies. I mean, that's why I said the key <laughs> thing is to watch it. Right. And. If you begin, to, if you see it begin to seep off the bottom, you're oh, just a little bit too long. <laughs> well, Jim, uh, you and I, <clears throat> I got to tell this story because you you remind me, not every time we we talk, but many times that we talk. My brother and I went to. I wanted to be in radio for a long time. It, it started back in the in the eighties, and it happened when my last semester at Liberty was happening, and I had an elective. So I decided to take introduction to television and radio. I always loved radio as a kid, and I got the bug for radio my last semester. And, of course, I'm a married town student. I'm not going to start my education over. I graduated, but I started dabbling in radio, and I would go to the National Religious Broadcasters Convention several years in a row. And a couple of those, my brother Jim went to me and I just want to and I'm going to keep you for two segments because it's going to take a second just to set this up when we were in Washington for that NRB convention my brother this is pre-internet people my brother after a, a big it was one of the big sessions we were talking to a guy and I don't remember who he was I wish I would have got his name 
But my brother, who was in journalism for a number of years, explained to this guy, it's not going to matter where you're at to do what you want to do. And he was explaining the Internet to me and this guy who was a high roller somewhere because just us little amateurs that wanted to be in radio show up to attend these, but real people that were in radio and broadcasting. So my brother is explaining to him what would become the Internet because Jim worked in news, and, of course, he understood the wire, how it worked, and all those kinds of things, and how different New York Times can share a story with these people. So they were sort of doing this networking thing already, so Jim was very familiar with that. And he explained what, again, would become the Internet many years later. Jim, I don't know if you remember that conversation with that guy that we had. Actually, let me tell you something. I shared that thought with different people, including a friend of mine, at uh, one of those great donut places in uh, Tampa, Krispy mm-hmm. Kreme. And I laid this out for him in more detail. And like 10, 15 years later, he hired me. <laughs> uh, he was launching a web company. Right. And he said, he introduced me as, uh, this is Jim Lamb, the guy who discovered the Internet before it was the Internet, which was a high compliment. Yeah. And uh, I was able to retire, although, you know, <laughs> I'm still active in writing, but I was able to retire because finally, after 20 years, the stock I had was worth money. Yeah, real life. So it was. Uh, uh, and that, and and the curious thing to me is, it all the pieces were there, you know, going back to the 70s. Now in a primitive form, right? But they were there waiting for someone to say, "Hey, two and two is four. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't that Al Gore that did that? He supposedly introduced us to the internet <laughs> yeah he, he may have he may have you know you know did the superhighway but i was building the uh, the dirt paths to well, get there well you know without infrastructure and without like we have a building that's getting ready to be built for Centra health and all that's sitting there is these huge concrete things that would fill the room up that i'm in and they're they're just big circles well it's the infrastructure that goes underneath for the sewer system and the water system you know so you were laying pipe uh before we understood what that pipe was even going to be used for so uh but i i wanted to let our listeners know that that you were very forward thinking now i want to i want to go in, in into the break uh here in just a couple of minutes and i want to share our second story at the nrb that you and i had that you constantly remind me of uh, but but before that we'll, we'll go into break here in just a couple of minutes but tell us you know what your education was what you ended up doing how billy graham influenced you to become a journalist back in the you know in the 70s when you came back from vietnam we got about three minutes to get that in then we'll take a break Okay, it's uh, Billy had a big uh, uh, gathering in in uh, in Texas, and I used to know the name of it. But it was you know, bringing kids from all around with the idea of getting them to connect on a different level. And he mentioned a number of things that the, the church needed and that the American needed. And he said one was statesman, which of course would be at the top of the list, and then journalist was either number two or three. And someone brought that tape back, and I listened to it. And as soon as I heard him say it, I said, journalist, that's that's my calling. And it was so unexpected because I hadn't really looked. I did want to write, but I didn't write down what I wanted to write in. And journalist, journalism just turned out to be the perfect thing. Was this Expo, so I, Expo, I, Expo, I, Expo 72? Could that be? Expo 
Wow. Yeah, I just looked it up. I rem- I couldn't remember the name of it, but I remember the conference. But yeah, Expo seventy two to to reach the youth culture in 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 that generation. Yeah, and that's and that's uh, this is why you have to kind of listen not just to the big messages, but this was this was literally just an aside. I don't think he had that as a core part of his speech. He tossed it out there, and you know there was the Holy Spirit. You know, popping me on the noggin, saying, <laughs> "That's you, my boy." <laughs> so, tell us what uh, in about a minute or so. Tell us the path you took for education and what your majors were, and, and where you ultimately ended up right out of school. Okay, I went to Pasco Hernando uh, Community College. Now it's called something else, but it was in Pasco County, and I got my AA degree. That's not Alcoholics Anonymous, <laughs> right? I guess. Then uh, I, I transferred to USF, where I double majored in mass comm, which is mass communication. And you have four tracks there. I know one of them is radio, one of them is TV, one of them is CR, and one of them is the news, newspaper slash magazine track, which is what I took. And then I also majored in political science. So that was a good mix for me, although I never got to the national level. I covered it at the uh, local level, which is a great place to to do news because something's always happening. Mm-hmm. And number two, I was able to uh, eventually go from a, a journalism reporter, uh, a copy desk editor, which is a guy who kind of runs the desk and puts the paper together. And then finally I became a uh, uh, associate associate uh, graphics editor and at the Sarasota Herald Tribune, a, um, a section editor. So that was kind of my track. And then from that, I ended up uh, working on the web, which used most of my newspaper skills. So I was, I was very fortunate in that respect. Okay. It is 716. I'm on the phone with my brother, Jim. Janet, not feeling well today. Jim's going to stick with us for one more segment. We're going to talk about that second NRB convention that we went to that he constantly reminds me of. And uh, <laughs> and just, just to let you know, Jim, as we come out of the next segment, I want to talk about this political year that, that we face in 2024 that it looks like no other. Also, I want to uh, just also talk about what happened around the the kitchen table at mom's on Saturday mornings, every Saturday morning. But when I was able to come into Florida and visit, it would continue on with our brothers and how we would talk about cars and solve the problems of the world. It's the morning jam here on January 4. We're going to be right back with Jim Lamb, my brother. I hope you're uh, enjoying your day. We're going to get you going with some information, talk about what the year may look like for us. Bill Trefero gave us a little tease of uh, how we need to hold on for sure, because it's going to be a tumultuous one. If you've just discovered the Morning Jam recently, we have so much catching up to do. One way to do that is by going to our SoundCloud page. There is literally over 1,000 hours of content there. Get to know Mark and Janet a little better by typing in The Morning Jam on VTRN on the SoundCloud page. And listen live Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on this Virginia Talk Radio Network station. Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. I'm getting pie with a little help from my friends and family this morning. Janet Rose not able to be with us today. She is not feeling well at all. Say a little prayer for for Janet. Uh, hopefully she'll be back with us tomorrow. We'll see. Um, but 
she do she, she she's just a consummate professional people i gotta tell you she's done this show sick before and you never knew it and so uh she's got to be feeling pretty bad to not be able to make it in today so uh, again say a prayer for janet on the phone right now i was talking about having help from friends and family my brother jim is on the line with us of course the beatles a big influence on him and by default my brother jim and doug I would listen to their albums and eight tracks when they weren't at the house as a little kid, trying not to mess up, put it back the way I found it uh, so I wouldn't get in trouble. Uh, Jim on the line right now, a few years older than me. Um, you know, Jimmy was number one, Doug's number two, I'm number three. We lost our little brother, Ricky, unfortunately, at age 49 from cancer. But he was quite a, he was quite a force to be reckoned with as well. Uh, the Lamb Boys, uh, all unique in their own way. Back, back with you, Jim. So uh, we set up, uh, I wanted to talk about what we would talk about around the table, but let's, let's dive into what this year could hold for us. Bill Trefiro, I'm not sure if you hold, heard him or not, he said, just, he said hold on, and, and, and hopefully the vitriol will not be to the extent that we have seen it, because we, it's kind of a powder keg in my mind. Yes, and, and, and don't think that's an accident. The, the political opera, you have to realize in politics, there are people who just, politics is that peripheral part of their life. They don't pay attention maybe to the presidential run until Labor Day, which is traditionally the, the kickoff. Mm-hmm. Other people are addicts. I'm not an addict, uh, but I'm, I'm certainly I'm a, a junkie, news junkie. And this year is going to be explosive, not just because of what's happening, but because there are people on each side, political operatives, who, whose goal is to make the other guy look bad and your candidate look good. You think it's just, uh, you think politics is going to be, I have a candidate, he has a message, I'm going to back him. That's actually not how you win elections. You turn the other side and the followers into ogres. You know, Shrek, it's like that. Yeah. It's, you, they're green, they're monsters, and we must crush them. Or we must, uh, you know, save democracy. The, the, the fact that you're going to save democracy by keeping people and voices off the table is not how you save democracy. Right. You, you should be out there, you know, arguing and, 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 and making your point. But they, we've reached the point now where both sides have people who do not want the other side, you know, even to breathe the air. They're, 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 and they're vicious at it. And, and you have to ignore these people. And the worst one that in my lifetime, there may be worse people coming, is old Serpent Head, you know, down in Louisiana. Oh, yeah, James Carville. Yeah. You know, vitriol is a word that it's hard to say. Man, only a handful of people are 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 good at it. Mm-hmm. He's the pro. He could teach. He could teach advanced hate. Right. And yet, he is really. You know, he's the guy who got uh, Clinton in, and he is the guy they regularly trot out. And, you know, I wish I could do his accent because it's so evil and good at the same time. Right. But they, they, what you, you, and I'm saying you, the voter, you, the average person, you have to be able to put your antennas up. And when you hear people who are pushing that say, yeah, that's off the table. Mm-hmm. I, I may disagree with you. You may disagree with me. You get to vote. I get to vote. You count them at the end. Right. That's not the being played and it's really sad but let, let me give you just a, a hint of good news I, I don't know anybody will do it but let's say and this is an example i would like to use you, if you have a million man watch uh, march on washington mm-hmm. 
500,000 show up, you, you fail. In other words, if you, you can't call a million men out to not top a million men. Right. If you have 10,000 people go to your state capitol, you're probably going to have more influence than 500,000 in D.C. Hmm. But here's the kicker. At the local level, at school, at county, in the city, you have five or ten people who regularly show up. You can change the course of your city. You can change the course of your shoes, your schools. And, but that's the toughest thing. The old town hall meetings used to address issues, and people talked to face-to-face, often in a church, but they would air out their grievances in front of each other. Mm-hmm. We don't do that anymore. We air out our grievances in front of people who agree with us and then build up you know, the hate and the other things and suddenly turn them into monsters. And this, this, is, what, uh, uh, this is what the Nazis did during World War II. Mm-hmm. And the other is this is hilarious. We call each other Nazis, which, which, is, which is socialism, and yet we, we, we want to use the freedom of the system to keep people down. It just is absolute insanity. Let me, let me do one final thing. I want you to write this website down. Okay. It's called Ballotpedia, Ballot Standard Spelling Pedia, like Wikipedia, but just the Pedia part. Ballotpedia.org. If you want to get behind the scenes and away from some of the noise and get snapshots of what's happening in elections across the United States, you want to look at this at least every week, at least every week. And you'll begin to gain some insight as how politics works and how the government works. Okay. Pal- ballot. P E ballot, ballot like B A L L O T right not ballot like sixteen <laughs> tons and what do you get another day over <laughs> right. and, this is ballot like B A L L O T T is in Tom and then pedia P- not pedophile but pedia yeah P E ballotpedia dot org all right P E D I A dot O R G O R G yes yeah. and okay. that is a, a, a tremendously valuable tool. Okay. It's called Research the Encyclopedia of American Politics, and you will do more than watching Fox and MSNBC for a week. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That sounds good. Let's talk. switch gears just a little bit and go back to a place. I kept, you know, when Mom passed, I said, I just want the dining room table. I, I want that because everybody had tables. Even we had a table, but I wanted the table where all those conversations and family gatherings took oh, yeah. place. So that's at our house. But I can remember Saturday mornings, uh, we'd all gather around and mom would make eggs. And even though Doug didn't like eggs, she would make the, uh, you know, the, the rolls and the, the, whatever we wanted. Oh, yeah. She'd be making it while we were arguing or talking about cars and uh, talk about what that what that looks like. Even even when it got a little heated, it was still civil. But uh, what are what are some of your thoughts? And then we got to squeeze in because I teased it about the NRB. So give us 30 seconds of what it was like to sit around that table with your three brothers and your mom. It was joyful because it was a safe space. If yeah. you could talk, you could you 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 walked into that breakfast room, knowing you loved your brothers and your mom, and you walked out, you loved them just as more, yeah. just as much. And that was the reason. That's a joy. Is there? There's not a lot of safe places anymore. And what we did, like you said, we nibble on the edges of controversy, but we never went to that accusatory "you are evil, you are the problem" thing, right? Because you ought to have different different views. Yeah. And in the Lamb family, going back to the Cassandra family. Now, 
some of the arguments in the Cassandra family went Italian. Oh, boy. Not what they were talking about. But if whatever you would go to the, uh, the grandpa's, there'd be four or five guys in the driveway, arms flowing around, and you'd walk up and try to catch an English word here and there. Right. But it was very vital. It was, you have a Dodge, that's a piece of junk, I got a Chevy. <laughs> right. And then it was just any topic in the world, right. you were going to have at least one, four, and five against. Okay. All right, let's talk about the NRB before we run out of time. We went to the okay. NR- NRB in Nashville, Tennessee. And yes. uh, you, like I said, you went to two of these. I was not in radio. I so wanted to be in radio. And you and I walked up to what was called High Country. It was going to be this Christian version of Christian radio with country uh, Christian songs. And you and I bantered back and forth in front of the two guys from the um, the Star Network. And what were their comments, Jim? You got 60 seconds. Well, they basically said, uh, so you guys are a morning team, right? And then they said, ask us if we had a demo tape, which I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> but apparently our banter was so uh, lively that they, they thought we were radio personalities, which is one of the high points of my life, not involving journalism and love of my lovely wife, Jolene, and our kids. So we should have went to the local radio shack, bought a cassette player, and, and <laughs> handed the microphone back and forth and made our demo tape. Who knows what yeah. would have happened? Uh, and to, to quote uh, a line from, uh, I think it's, it's on the waterfront. Ten seconds. Been... <laughs> Go ahead. Ten seconds. Go ahead. Okay, we could have been a contender. Lamb and lamb. That's a great thing. The building would have been always right. <laughs> No matter which one it was. But I, I have to tell you, I love the jam. I'm a jammer. I'm a jammerino. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Love you. Well, they made it easy for me here in Roanoke, Danville, and Lynchburg. 35 degrees. So that temperature hovering around, uh, you know, freezing, just a little bit above. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Hoping to get Matt Ferguson on the program tomorrow to talk about this storm and, and what we could possibly be seeing in our region uh, Bill Trefero checked in with us in the in the last hour, and he said that it uh, looks like, you know, it, it might be okay in the Roanoke area. Uh, we might be looking at a little bit more of the uh, of the storm effects in central Virginia right here in Lynchburg and possibly Danville. But Matt will unpack it for us on our Friday, and Friday Funnies will be on the way. Janet Rose not feeling well today, so uh, I've asked uh, a bunch of folks to come alongside and help me with the program today and uh, we're so grateful we heard we heard from marco galbraith early on if you want to catch that interview give me a little bit of time and i will upload it a little bit later this morning on soundcloud you can also hear everything that we do it goes to the rss feed and then you can listen to us on spotify google apple even iheart but uh, just type in the morning jam on vtrn the Morning Jam on VTRN, and you'll be able to catch Marco's interview as well as Bill Trefero and my brother Jim, who spent the last two segments with us. Hope, hopefully you enjoy that. You got a little bit of an idea of what it's like to be a, a lamb boy. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've just got great brothers. Uh, missing one uh, will rejoin him someday in glory, uh, my little brother Ricky. So Lynchburg preparing right now, uh, the crews in Lynchburg, surrounding areas, working hard to keep the roads uh, safe 
during the storm that's going to be approaching. The Virginia Department of Transportation said things are are still up in the air since the storm isn't expected to hit until Saturday. Uh, Hopefully, again, going to be able to talk to Lynn Stevens from DOT tomorrow. He's going to be a busy guy today and tomorrow and Saturday. He is the communications manager for Lynchburg VDOT District. And, uh, you know, he says that there are things like 30 two tons of salt ready to be spread of course not all in one storm we interviewed him here about a month or so ago uh, all kinds of supplies ready to roll from VDOT. make sure that you uh, you know make sure you're out of the way if you have to be out saturday in it and hopefully you will not have to be you know you you just got to give these men and women uh the space they need to be able to do their job and when possible if it gets nasty you know maybe Get your car off the street if you're able to park it in the yard or get it in the driveway. Just makes it easier for those guys and gals to run up and down the roads uh, and not, you know, hit anything. So that's that's going on. That's going to be the big deal. I'm sure, you know, the stores like F&L are going to be, you know, short of bread and eggs and milk. Seems to be a lot of people make French toast, apparently, when the storm comes, because those are the three ingredients I use to make to make french toast but anyway uh so hopefully you're doing well it is january 4th we we talked early on in the show about today being national weigh-in day have you weighed in yet huh. uh, you can weigh in a couple ways actually you can weigh on your scale and you can weigh in by calling us at 866-916-3776 talking about some of the tumultuous times that we could be facing here this particular uh, political cycle it's not going to be pretty um and it hasn't been pretty for some already this year. Uh, Claudine Day, uh, Gay uh, resigned yesterday from Harvard or day before yesterday. And this, uh, well, Glenn Beck, I've been a big fan of Glenn. And I know he's heard on another network, and that doesn't matter. This content is so good that uh, I decided to play this for you. He, of course, being an influential you know, uh, person in the media, is able to get a hold of things that some of us can't. And he was able to get a hold of uh, Ms. Gay's uh, resignation letter. Of course, we know she resigned under the pressure of her testimony in front of Congress when it came to the whole Hamas and the whole Gaza uh, you know, attack on Israel and all that mess. And uh, she, she couldn't give a straight answer on uh, you know whether that was a bad thing or not and some of the students on her campus saying you know to the river to the sea palestine will be free and she just didn't have a straight answer so what happened is people began to scrutinize her and they were looking back at old writings 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 that she did and apparently she did much like our president did uh, she plagiarized quite a bit and that was that that actually ended up along with the other i believe uh, put her under the microscope, and she left, and she, of course, claimed racism was the reason that, that she was booted. And somehow this um, this thing made it into Glenn Beck's hands. Uh, her resignation uh, letter, I have not seen this yet, but uh, let's listen to Glenn. I think you're, you're going to gain some insight. She uh, wrote, friends and fellow Ivy League citizens, in all the decisions I've had to make in my academic life, I've always tried to do what was best for Harvard. Throughout the long and difficult period of these past few months, I have felt it was my duty to preserve, to make 
every possible effort to complete the term of office to which I was appointed. In the past few days, however, it's become evident to me that I no longer have a strong enough base in the academic community to justify continuing that effort. Uh, I've never been a quitter. To leave office before my term is completed is abhorrent to every instinct in my body. But as president, I must put the interest of Harvard first. However, I want to make one thing clear. I am not a crook. I repeat, I did not have plagiaristic relations with that paper. Instead, I only had a dream. A dream where Harvard students will one day live in a nation where they'd be judged not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. But today is not that day. Instead, I've been subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. But when evil men plot, good men must plan. When evil men burn and bomb, good men must build and bind. When evil men shout ugly words of hatred, good men must commit themselves to the glories of love. Because darkness cannot drive out uh, darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And it is during our darkest moments that we must focus to see the light. So let us hold these truths to be self-evident that all university presidents are created equal and they're endowed by their boards with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But don't judge me by my success. Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up again. Because life truly is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And at first, if you don't succeed, try, try again. And you know, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And With these words, I'm resigning as president of Harvard. But don't cry for me, Argentina. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. My tenure as Harvard's first black president was one small step for man, but a giant leap for mankind. When the two roads diverged in a wood, I took the one less traveled by, and that's made all the difference. So ask not what your university can do for you. Ask what you can do for your university because life moves pretty fast. And if you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. So here's looking at you, kid. And Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. There you go. I couldn't have said it that clear and that fast. Glenn Beck yesterday on his radio show <laughs> somehow got a hold of the transcript of the, uh, the original draft. She cleaned it up, of course, because, because of all the... Uh, plagiarism accusations i couldn't even keep count of how many times um well let's just say she used others words in her resignation letter there good thing she did clean it up she gutted it about 90 percent of it was taken away so uh anyway you know for those of you that have lost hope that that nothing and and i don't want to you know i'm not glorying over her 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 uh departure i really am not um i'm not sure she got there i heard greg gudfeld say the other day that it, it's not racism racism that that uh took her out it was racism that got her there uh that was that was his uh, opinion and it and it's you know of course he's great he's a great wordsmith as well but um you, you just can't get in those high level positions of course she's going to be suffering now I uh, had to take a pay cut. I'm, I'm told she's going to be making 900000 a year remaining at Harvard. Um, you know, chump change for someone trying to live up in the uh, in that particular area, New England area of, of the country. But anyway, it, the, things seem to right, get right. Not always, but that gives uh, me hope that, you know, some things can't stand 
uh, especially when you're asked simple questions like what is a what is a woman of course you don't have to answer that question and still become you know a supreme court justice but it's there are some good things happening and we want to celebrate the fact that sometimes a truth wins out it will ultimately win out in the end and i mean the end end the end game of uh, god's particular plan for this for this crazy world that we live in. Janet Rose not here with us today. We've had a lot of folks help us, and we want to thank those those folks, as I did already, and I have a grateful heart in uh, 24 and plan on keeping it that way. Janet Rose not out, but we're still going to manage to get in a five and dine. I dialed it all the way back to October to get you something by way of a five and dine. Janet, hopefully be back with us tomorrow. Thanks for listening. If you want to comment, 866-916-3776 on anything we've talked about, or you can text us 434-248-0704. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Looking for a great meal idea? Check out Janet's Five and Dine on Facebook. Brought to you by F&L Market, Memorial Avenue, Lynchburg. On Thursdays, they have Throwback Thursdays, and that means prices are cut in a lot of ways. Many times, they'll put their sausage on sale on Thursdays. I'm going to use that for today's recipe for Southern Grits Casserole. It's perfect for breakfast for dinner or brunch, or maybe you want to make your breakfast ahead of time. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees. You're going to make your grits and put those over in a 7 by 13 inch dish then you're going to cook up a pound of ground pork sausage put that over the grits soft scramble some eggs put that over there you're also going to be adding some salt and pepper and some cheese into this mixture as well Uh, bake it up it is absolutely delicious for the full details go to facebook type in janet's five and dine and get this recipe for this southern grits casserole it's brought to you by FNL Market, Memorial Avenue, Lynchburg, where their meats are cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the Morning Jam with Janet and Mark on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. Hi. Of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know I know, Janice not here. I've gone off the deep end. Why am I playing a Christmas song? It's not the Christmas song that I'm playing so much as who it is. Your Christmas Okay, of course, that's Elvis singing White Christmas. Would you go to an Elvis show if Elvis was there? Elvis Evolution will use AI and feature a holographic projection of the star created from thousands of his personal photos and home video footage. The show is to set is set to open in London uh, and Las Vegas, 
Berlin, and Tokyo. It follows the success of the ABBA Voyage, a virtual concert with avatars of the Swedish pop band. Uh, I'm going to throw back to Glenn Beck because we just played a bit by him. Glenn talked about taking his family. He's got a daughter who's in her 20s, I believe. She literally thought that was ABBA on the stage when it was their avatars. It was that believable. Would you go to something like that? I'm just curious. Text me, 434-248-074. Call in 866-916-3776. What would happen? Uh, you're, uh, oh, boy, Janet's not here, so I, I say I don't have a filter. Because it was it was pretty widely published that, you know, ladies would throw their underwear up on the stage and such. So, like, when that happens, <laughs> does it just, like, go right through Elvis? I don't know. That was weird. He didn't catch it. Anyway, um, I, I'm, it's a mixed bag for me whether I would want to see the Beatles that way or, you know, I'd, I would rather just see a movie and watch it like from the comfort of my own home so people aren't like texting pictures of the screen to somebody and I can watch it myself. I'm, I'm, intrigued, by, I'm intrigued by the technology. My concern is for several things when it comes to this kind of technology. Many of you know that I've worked in the area of uh, helping guys that struggle with pornography when I worked with proven men. That's an issue uh, because the industry seems to take a hold of all the new technologies to keep you, you know, locked in to, to that addiction. Um, so there's going to be people that use it for evil. Some people will use it for good. Some people will use it for strictly entertainment purposes like Going to see Elvis, for example, with if they could somehow com- do a composite Christmas show with Elvis, would that be something you'd want to go to? I mean, I I don't know. I may entertain that. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just curious as we move forward how how all these kinds of new technologies are going to play out. Of course, virtual reality is is uh, is a reality, and it's um, these are interesting times. My my concern too in a in a very crazy political world how it could be used that that a i mean they've already got the deep fakes of of donald trump doing this and that you know we're not going to be able to believe our our ears or our eyes and you know that's that's where i'm really concerned that it's going to and that's an evil use obviously of the technology i think when it comes to using it as a teaching tool it can be very, you know, very helpful to give you a, a, a glimpse of what something uh, could look like. I, I have to tell you, I, I've always been intrigued with news. You know, I would consider myself a news junkie. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair. Love radio and I love kind of following the news. I remember this was back in the, this was at my grandma's house. So this was probably the late 70s or somewhere in the 80s. They had um, compiled a bunch of photographs of Abraham Lincoln and they did some kind of a composite it was very clunky but it it sort of looked like a motion picture of of at least for a few seconds of Abraham Lincoln boy has the technology changed so much I was amazed when I would go to Disney for example and I believe it was called the Hall of the Presidents and they would they would 
give speeches. I saw Abraham Lincoln give a speech. I saw, you know, uh, George Washington, and they, they were all in this huge room, and they would all speak. I assume that still is up and running at Disney. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's been politically sanitized uh, because of the woke uh, culture that we live. And that's another, that's another problem that I, you know, that I see is that all the original intent, like Harvard and Yale, started out as universities that had a gospel Bible-believing base to it. And of course, that's, I mean, we're just like so far from that, it's not even funny. Many of the universities did and they've you know they've walked away from that because i guess they i guess they got educated and that would tend to drive you away from what those truths that were self self-evident when it came to biblical truth but it i mean it's the world that we live in and there's great alternatives like hillsdale college and right here in our own backyard liberty university and other other schools that hold to those to those values but as as when it comes to this technology stuff, I'm um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where 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 it's all going to end. And my concern is for it. Um, so you know know what you believe and why you believe it. Know and dig in uh, this year. Like my brother gave the the website. I was not even aware of the uh, particular website that it's uh, ballotpedia.org. B a l l o t p e d i a dot o r g. If you want to get some real political news, he said you'll gain much more than you could ever uh, get from MSNBC or Fox or whatever. And just do a little reading uh, because the what is truth out there, and I don't know if political truth is even something that can coexist with each other, politics and truth, but. We're going to be tested in many ways, I believe, this year um, with the politics. And as Bill Trefiro said earlier, he's concerned about the vitriol because we've certainly seen it in the 24-hour news and podcasts and everything else, you know, sort of support this. You don't even have to go. If you believe a certain thing, even if it's narrow, you can find plenty of podcasts that will support your narrow belief. And I believe, in, and I have seen it, that conservatives are more open to what's out there in the buffet of information than liberals and leftists. Leftists, listen to the echo chamber. Don't listen to the echo chamber. You know, make sure that you're you're hearing some of the other arguments and, and tap into organizations and or publications that give both sides and then they explain to you why the conservative route is better than than the other and that way you've got something that you can hold on to and and believe in because it's it's going to come to the point i believe this year where we're all going to face some very difficult possible choices certainly politically maybe in our own lives with the culture the way it is with the transgender issue that's ever in front of us because it's being forced in front of us Know what you believe and why you believe it. And and try to, you know, be a happy warrior. I'm a happy warrior. I mean, do I get upset about this stuff? Sure, I do. But I know who wins in the end. So that, that gives me a level of comfort that I can lay my head down at night, even though the world may be burning all around me uh, because of things that are going on in my 
country, in my state, in my community, even the world at large. So I, I find great comfort in I know who wins in the end. Eight o'clock, right around the corner here, CBS News. Thanks for sticking around with us today. Janet, hopefully we'll be back tomorrow. CBS News is next. Okay.